0: Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Man shall live by the word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Well, what is the difference in truth and present truth? Or is there a difference? There is truth that will always be truth, past, present, or future. Howbeit proceeding word of God, that man shall live thereby, is throne in revelation. That's the reason it is so imperative that we, as the body of Christ, in Revelation 12, have that revelation of Jesus Christ as a man-child birth. They are keeping the commands of God and have the testimony of Jesus. That's present truth. We see in Revelation 19:10 that John sees a man. Now the man that he sees, many have. Uh, reported that to be an angel. but closer observation there, it's not an angel because John's about to worship him thinking that it's the Lord Jesus Christ. He has the same attributes, walks like Jesus, looks like Jesus, and is in the likeness of Jesus. He bows down to worship him. He says, See that thou doest it not, for I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now that's the church of the living God walking in the present truth. Now we're going in three different seasons of God, which we see these seasons given to us in the feast of the Lord. These feasts are Moed, or divine appointments of God with man. These are different seasons and they are for our admonition of things that will come to pass. It's God's calendar. In God's calendar, he shows us there in the feast of the Lord that there are three seasons with seven feasts. These are shadows of things that are to come. And we have uh, Paul, as well as Peter, saying that these are Spots in your charity, feast of charity, the feast of charity. And that is that we are to go to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ in believing and ob- obedience to the present truth. To be obedient under righteousness is to walk in the light as he's in the light, as Jesus is in the light, that he is the only man. That is entered into that light which no other man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. We see that in 1 Timothy 6, 15 to 16. He's the blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, the almighty God. Now very few understand that there is not a Trinity, that there's only one God, one person of God, and that is stated very simply in Isaiah 43:10, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Jesus claims to be that only true God. He claims to be the Father in John 8, 24. And that is not full grown, just having that revelation. Most miss miss the mark there. But assuming that you are one, as a believer, that know that Jesus is the true God, the one and only omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent Spirit of God, then... There are two more seasons and steps that we must enter into. Now, first of all, to be born again, we must be born of the water and the spirit. I have several uh, pastors throughout the world that will send me a video of their crusades, the outdoor meetings. Some with literally thousands that are in attendance. And they'll say, well, there was 43 decisions Or 153 decisions or whatever for Christ. That's not born again. Raising your hand saying the sinner's prayer is not born again. Now that is another lie that has been propagated through the body of Christ through the denominal church world. Nowhere did anyone, anyone ever get saved, dropped down, and said the sinner's prayer or say, Jesus come into my heart. That is an error. It's an erroneous doctrine. To be born again is to be born of the water and the Spirit. Now, assuming that we get that right, that we understand to be born again is born of the water and the Spirit, as stated by Peter in Acts 2.38. Because we're in that season there in Acts 2 of not Passover. We're in the season of Pentecost. That's a different season requiring obedience unto all truth. In the days of Jesus' flesh, he is our Passover lamb. He died. Our Passover, the blood there, shed for our perpetuation, the expiation of our sin. Well, then he was buried, unleavened bread, and that is no sin in him. And he's declared to be the son of God through the spirit by the resurrection from the dead then he's the first fruits well there's the first season with the feast of passover feast of unleavened bread feast of first fruits which are moet or the divine appointments of god with man in the first season well the gospel according to matthew and mark luke and john declare that season of passover containing three feasts the Feast of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits, Death, Burial, and Resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, that's the first season. Then uh, that's not all. That's not the totality of it. Then we go to the second, the second season that has one feast in it, or one of the divine appointment of God with man, and that is the Feast of Weeks, or the Feast of Pentecost. You will number after first fruits, seven weeks or seven Sabbaths, seven weeks, and on the morrow, seven times seven is 49, and on the morrow, 50, Pentecost, 50 days, after first fruits, then will be that wave sheaves, two wave sheaves with leaven that will be waved before the Lord in Leviticus 23. Well, That's Pentecost. Well, after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he was seen after his passion alive by as many as 500 at one time for 40 days. Well, then, Jesus is taken up into heaven, Acts, the first chapter. Well, for that second season to come in, Jesus is already Christ our Passover sacrifice for us, declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection of the dead, Unleavened bread and the resurrection. So the feast of Passover, and unleavened bread and first fruits declared and recorded in the four gospels, according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But then we go to that's the first season, and it has been completely paid for in full in Jesus Christ. And we have no need that we are complete in Him and have need of nothing else because that blood sacrifice once and for all paid the eternal price. How then, everything that Jesus paid for in that blood contains everything from justification all the way to our glorification, which we have not received as yet, but will. Now, there remains another season for us. Now, historically, in the book of Acts, Some 2,000 years ago, we see Acts, the second chapter, that there is a day of and the full time of Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that's the second season. Well, they were in one mind and one accord, 120 in the upper room. And suddenly there came a sound of the rushing mighty wind, and cloven tongues of fire appeared and sat on each one of them. Those cloven tongues of fire, they could see it on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Now that's something greater. Because Jesus, while he was in the world, in the days of his flesh, he is that spirit. He is the Father of glory. So Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the Holy Ghost, the carpenter will not come. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. He said, Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Because why? Jesus was not yet glorified. When he's glorified, the man goes back to his former glory as spirit, the Father of glory, glorified for the Father's own self. John 17, 5. All power in heaven and earth given in him. Matthew twenty eight eighteen, That same Jesus whom you crucified, that all the house of Israel know assuredly, that God has made him both Lord and Christ. Acts 2:36. 36. The Lord is that quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. He is that blessed and only potentate, the Almighty God, the Omnipotent. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the ending, which is, wasn't it, to come, the Almighty. Revelation 1, 8. We can't miss that. He is the Father of glory. He is that spirit. The Lord is that spirit. Who is the Lord? Jesus is the Lord, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now, we receive that spirit, Christ in you, the hope of glory, which is a mystery of godliness. That is, that stated to us, that if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Now, that requires more than just repentance. Because in Acts, the 19th chapter, we find 12 brethren there that Paul comes upon and as he does, he notices that he doesn't see the sign of the Holy Ghost. They are believers. They had believed a certain point in one feast, but they had not known and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Neither were they born again. So Paul asked them, Acts, the 19th chapter, you can read it. And that's for the problem. Most people do not read the word of God. And the Christianity is on a decline. And most there, especially in the younger uh, generation, that all the way up to age 30, that most I uh, uh, think they were, the poll, Gallup Post said there was something like only 61% that believed in God. But whatever the case is, the ones that know and seeking the truth of God will be the ones that will enter in because if we don't see, we won't find. Well, Paul comes across these brethren. And we're seeing that most of the churches are fundamentalists and saying, well, if you just repent, you're saved. Well, that was true under and before under John the Baptist, and before Jesus died on the cross. That was before the effectual working of the Holy Ghost in Jesus fulfilling those feasts of the Lord. He fulfilled every one of them. And these are shadows of things to come to giving us the seasons of God that we must walk in the light as he's in the light. That blood has already purchased all of the things that God will do from justification, sanctification, and our ultimate glorification whereby our vile bodies will be fashioned like in his glorious body whereby he's able to subdue all things into himself. We have not yet been changed. Our vile body has not put on and become like his glorious body, eternal life, but it will the ones that are obedient unto righteousness, unto holiness, will have that power in that first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that takes part in that first resurrection on such a second death hath no power. Now, where are we now? Most are not privy to where we are now in the present truth. Well, we have truth. There's truth through the word of God. But the present truth is the proceeding word of God by which every man shall live thereby. And that's a problem. Well, we go to a church and they have 50,000 people there in the church. And we think simply because they're numbers that it is the truth. And Paul states that we're outnumbered. The ones that have the true word of God are outnumbered. Because the way of truth will be evil spoken of we will see that the truth in the last days will be cast to the ground. It tells us that in Daniel. It also says that in the book of the Revelation, that the Antichrist, the O son of perdition, the man of sin, that opposes all that are God, or that is worship, setteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, capital G-O-D, strong delusion, and he will prevail and practice over the saints of God for 42 months. Time, times and a half, three and a half years. Over the church, not national Israel. That's very important. That letter of the revelation that John wrote was to the servants of God, not to the nation of Israel. It was written to the church. The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, Satan signified it by his angel under John. <clears throat> the signified, the signature of God, the signet is Zerubbabel, the ones that were born in Babylon, Zerub, Babel, that now have come out of Babylon and into all truth. So the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts in the sons of all. Those are the two olive branches, the two olive trees, the church of the living God, the candlesticks in Revelation 11. And very few understand that, thinking that there will be two men individually walking the whole earth after the rapture of the church, which is a total deceitful lie. Now, the ones that do know their God, will be strong and do exploits, and they will believe the preceding word of God. They will not be duped into believing these damnable heresies. And they were the ones that will be sealed. How we seal? That after you have received the word of God, you have set to your testimony that God is true, and you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until we receive the promised possession. our vile body being fashioned like it is glorious body and the resurrection from the dead. Well, where are we now? What is the present truth now? Well, it's certainly not Pentecost. And that happened in Acts, the second chapter over 2000 years ago. Well, how do we know there's more? Well, we know there's more because that still remains a third season. The Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks so of the Feast of Pentecost was the second season of God containing one divine appointment of God, one Feast of the Lord, and that's the Feast of Pentecost. Now, when that happened in Acts, the second chapter, <clears throat> there were about 3,000 souls, men not counting women, women and children, that were saved on that day. How were they saved? Well, in Acts 2.4, we see they received the Holy Ghost. They speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Was that it? No. Because we find in Acts 2.37, they said, Men and brethren, what must we do? Not born again yet. Even though they have received the Spirit of God, Christ in them, the hope of glory, with the outward evidence of speaking in other tongues. And Peter, standing up along with the other 11, said, "Repent and be baptized. Well, they hadn't been baptized yet. They've had uh, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit, but they had not been born of the water at that time. And they said, Men and brethren, what must we do? Acts 2, 37. Then most will say, Well, You've already believed on Jesus. You're already saved. You've said a sinner's prayer. You've repented, and that's it. No, because now you've gone from John's baptism, which was simply a baptism of repentance. Truly, all that you did before the cross was come to John the Baptist and the water of repentance. Bring forth fruits made for repentance. That's all you had to do. But since the cross, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, then, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, according to the gospel, then we have to be made partaker of those feasts with Jesus. And how do we do that? Well, Peter gives us that instruction, not just repentance. Now, a godly sorrow worketh repentance, not that godly sorrow works with repentance unto salvation. It's not salvation, but unto salvation after a godly sort. Paul tells us that, but not salvation, but it works to get us to salvation. And that, not the sorrow of the world, but a godly sorrow. Realizing that we're sinners and we need a savior. But how do we get born again? Well, you're a born of the water and the spirit. John three. Now, how do, how do you do that? Well, the keys were given to Peter. It's very simple. And that on the day of Pentecost, there Jesus, our death, burial, and resurrected. He's seen alive after his passion for 40 days. And then he said, wait for the promise of the father, which saith he, you've heard of me. 120 in the upper room. And we're waiting for a promise. Now they're going to wait 10 days because it's uh, Jesus seen alive after his passion 40 days. That feast of weeks is seven times seven or 49 plus. And on the morrow, plus one, 50, Pentecost, 50 days. Well, Jesus had already been alive, seen after his passion 40 days. That already remains 10 days more. They'll be in the upper room. A simple deductive reasoning now with that said they will win there in one minor one accord in the upper room there there how do we get into that death burial and resurrection we're going to see that Peter has the keys to the kingdom it's not John the Baptist anymore he has decreased Jesus must increase and what happens well Acts 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. It's a new thing. Up to that point, no one had ever talked in tongues. No one had uh, the body of Christ, everyone in the body of Christ, receiving the Spirit of God, having the boldness to enter in within the throne, within the veil. Well, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spake with tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Then, still, they needed to know how to be born again. And they said in Acts 2, 37, Men and brother, what must we do? They were pricked in their heart. The Word of God had come. And Peter, who had the keys to the kingdom, simply stated, repent. Now, that was before... The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus would have been enough. But now the blood has been shed. And now that spirit of Christ must be in us. So what do we do? Men and brethren, what must we do? They're pricked in their heart. And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now that's the revealed name of God, the only blood name of God whereby we're able to be saved, Acts 4, 12. Very few preach that. Why? Because the devil says it doesn't matter. Baptized Father, Son, Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter. Well, you never took on a name. Father's not a name. Son's not a name. Holy Ghost, the name is Jesus Christ, the name of the Father. Jesus Christ, John 17, Father, I've come in thy name. I've manifested your name, keep through your own name, those that thou hast given me. What name did Jesus manifest? The father, Jesus. Well, when he came in there on the donkey, Solomon asked, riding into Jerusalem there to be crucified, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. What's the name of the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty? Jesus, the name of the father, Jesus and of the son. No one will repute that. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. There, what's the name of the Holy Ghost? Well, we see there in John's epistle, he's, uh, sorry, God's gospel, he states that I'll pray the Father there to send the comforter in my name. The Holy Ghost's name is Jesus. The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. Well, that's Matthew 28 19. Go ye into all the world, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever, commanded you, baptizing them in the name singular of the Father. And what name? Well, Peter had that revelation Jesus and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. There's only one name. And Peter, realizing that, they have that blood name applied, buried with Jesus in baptism said repent and be baptized in the name of jesus christ why for the remission of your sins there's only one way that the body of the sins of the flesh is cut off and it's by baptism you'll see that in romans 6 1 through 4 colossians 2 10 through 12 there's no other way in the whole book of acts no one ever just repented or just believed on jesus Every one of them were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when they were pricked in their heart, they said, men and brethren, what must we do? How do we get into the present truth? How do we affect that? In obedience, unto righteousness. What must we do? Not what must we say. What must we do? Acts 2, 37. Well, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. All of us." In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, have the spiritual circumcision of the heart in the spirit so you can believe with the heart. Having your conscience purged from dead works to serve the living God through water baptism. Now, very few even believe that because the devil has, uh, the God of this world, blinded their eyes to the truth in walking in the light as he's in the light thinking that just a repentance is salvation. No. Before the cross with John's baptism? Yes, but not now because we see that explicitly stated in Acts the 19 chapter. Now Peters not going to say repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, the revealed name of God, the only blood name of God for salvation, Jesus. Jehovah's salvation and for the remission of your sins. That's how you get your sins remitted and cut off, circumcised, cut off from the heart. That's the only way you can believe with the heart. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So now you're born of the water. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins, you're born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You're born of the Spirit. For the promises to you, your children, many shall fall off, even to as many as the Lord or God shall call. Now, that gets us to the Pentecostal faith. That second season. The first season, Jesus fulfilled it. Death, burial, and resurrection. How did we get into it? Just as Peter stated. Repent. Feast of Passover and be baptized feast of unleavened bread then you're raised in the newness of life the body the sins of the flesh cut off born of the water go to the second season one feast feast of weeks feast of pentecost receive the holy ghost then what then after you are born of the water then you're born of the spirit now you have partaking of four feasts in two seasons that was 2000 years ago and we think that's still present truth no the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day we're to grow up not stay there as little children or newborn babes for that matter we're to grow up into him and in all things and all truth many have just sat there and sucked on a milk bottle forever and have rickets never growing up into jesus and the newborn babes are unskillful in the word of righteousness. Paul states that in Hebrews 5. And he doesn't pat him on the back and say, well, you're saved. He said, you ought to be teachers. And while you ought to be teachers, you have need again of milk and not of strong meat. That's a reproof. You're being reproved because you should be furthermore more grown up into Jesus. And you're not. You're unskillful in the word of righteousness. Well, there we have that 2,000 years ago, the present truth, the present light, as Peter states in 2 Peter, that you are as you are established in the present truth, alluding to there's more to come. And there's certainly more to come. Well, what and what is that? to certify that to be the truth when the book of acts we see one that in acts 2:38 repent and be baptized in the name of jesus christ after you've repented and you're born again it gives us that name the blood name of god acts 412 jesus not father son holy ghost jesus then we go to acts 10 the house of cornelius Well, of course, Acts 8. Philip goes down there. They had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Howbeit, none had received the Holy Ghost. But they've been baptized, taken on the name of Jesus. As many as been baptized into Christ and put on Christ, but they hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. The Spirit of Christ had not come into them. So they sent for Peter, who came down, laid hands on him, they received the Holy Ghost. That's Acts 8. Now we go to Acts 10. We have Peter going down again because he is the keys of the kingdom. And as he goes to the house of Cornelius of the Italian band, he's preaching Jesus Christ. As he does, the Holy Ghost falls. Now they receive the Holy Ghost first. And Peter, while he's preaching, the Holy Ghost falls. They receive the Holy Ghost out of evidence, speaking in other tongues for he heard them speaking other tongues. That's the reason he knew and how he knew that Cornelius and his household received the Holy ghost. Then Peter said, he didn't say, well, that's enough. You don't have to worry about water baptism because you don't have to be born of the water. If you already have the Holy ghost. No, he said, can any man forbid water that these shall not be baptized who have received the Holy ghost as well as we. Somebody said, well, when you're baptized, the baptism is of the Holy Ghost. It has nothing to do with water. Oh, yes, it does. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is born of the spirit baptism of that born of the water is a baptism in water. And that's what exactly Peter said to the house of Cornelius and said, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? They've already received the Holy Ghost, for he heard them speaking other tongues. He knew they had the Holy Ghost. Then he commanded them, it wasn't a suggestion. He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, now, so the first one there in Acts 8, they've been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, but hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. Peter goes down and then they receive the Holy Ghost. We go to Acts 10. Peter's preaching. They, they repented. They were believing the Lord. And then, first, now the Holy Ghost is given. And then, born of the Spirit first. And then, they were born of the water, being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Water. Then, we come to there in Acts, the 19th chapter. And we have 12, 12 brethren there. These are believers. But are they saved yet? Well, they're not in present truth. Have they believed? Yes, they believed. Up to that point, what had been declared to them through Apollos, the silver-tongued orator of Alexandria, had been through there and preached the gospel to them as he understood it. And all he had was not the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. All that he was preaching, not in the scriptures and the Old Testament and the scrolls, was the baptism of John, John the Baptist. That is repentance only. So Paul goes down, seeing certain brethren, and said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He didn't feel a witness of the Holy Ghost. He didn't see the sign of speaking in other tongues. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, sirs, we don't know whether there be any Holy Ghost. Well, Obviously, you not, have not heard the word of God preached in present truth. All you heard was that doctrine of repentance of John the Baptist. So Paul says, now that was truth, but you're not in the present truth. Truth, yes. Present truth, no, you're not in the present truth. Because it's proceeding more and more. Greater and greater, greater light. The path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day, until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, where we're presented blameless unto Him. So there's more light shining now than what there was 10 years ago. Way more, more true. Well, these brethren, they had believed, but they believed what Apollos was preaching and when Paul asked them, under them, what were you baptized? You don't know whether there'd be any Holy Ghost? You haven't heard the present truth? They said, sir, we don't know whether there'd be any Holy Ghost. We do not know what you're talking about. Well, Paul said, under them, what were you baptized? Because the present truth was repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, not Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's not the name. And anyone that says you can take on that Father, Son, and Holy Ghost without professing the name is a liar because the blood name of God is only in the name of Jesus Christ. You'll never see anyone baptized in the book of Acts in Father, Son, Holy Ghost because that's not the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The only blood name of God, the only name that. The revealed name of God that will save you is Jesus, Acts 4 12. Now, with that said, they said we were baptized under John's baptism, John the Baptist. Now, that was truth there before, but not the present truth. So Paul states, well, now John did baptize with water under repentance. True saying that they should look on him that should come after him. John the Baptist said, I must decrease, he must increase. He is the one that will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and that with fire. Well, then they heard what Paul preached. Preached to them Jesus Christ. And they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Paul laid his hands on them, now they're born of the water. Then laid his hands on them, the doctrine of laying on of hands, and they received the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. How do we know that? Because they spake with tongues and prophesied. That's Acts the 19th chapter. Paul himself giving his account of how he was in that present truth is in Acts the 22nd chapter. He was on the road to Damascus. He was knocked down by a great light about noonday that was greater than the sun, and that God is lightening him as no darkness at all. He saw the light and he said, Who art thou, Lord? Who are you, Lord, Jehovah God Almighty? I am Jesus. It's hard for you, Saul, to kick against the pricks. There, here we have Paul seeing the great light, having the revelation of the name of Jesus, knowing that God is Jesus, Jesus only, the blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, 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 omniscient, omnipresent spirit of God, and there's not another. And he's called by the Lord Jesus, the calling on his life. He will be an example of long suffering, and he will be an apostle to the Gentiles. And he's blinded by this light for three days. Ananias, Paul said, comes to him, the prophet. It says, Brother Saul, I'm sent here for the it you may receive your sight. And and you've seen that just one, not a just trinity, a just one. There's only a holy one of Israel. There's no such thing as a trinity, a holy trinity, a holy one. And that's it. Well, what they do. And Paul said at that time, Ananias said to him, receive your sight, Brother Saul. He said, that same hour, I received my sight. And here's a man that's seen the great light, seen God himself. That great light blinded him. He knows his name is Jesus. He knows the calling's lap, and he's healed of his blindness, and still his sins are not remitted. Why? Because he's not born of the water. What happens? He said, Ananias says, Brother Saul, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized. Washing away your sins. How? Calling upon the name of the Lord. Paul was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now that was the present truth back then. Many, many years back then. 2,000 years ago, that was present truth. But what's the present truth now? Well, that's what we're preaching. And those that are walking the light as he's in the light are speaking the same thing. We're in a different season now. We're in the season of tabernacles. That's the third season. It contains three divine appointments of God with man, and those are the Moed, or they are the Feast of the Lord, and that's the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. We're in that third season of tabernacles. In the season of Pentecost, We were Pentecostals. That was present truth back then. But we're not in that now. Present truth is not Pentecostal. The present truth now is Tabernacleist. We're not Pentecostals. We're Tabernacleist. Why? Because we're in another season in the fifth feast of the Lord, which is the divine appointment of God with man and the feast of trumpets of Rosh Hashanah, the new thing that God is doing. It's the last great reign of his strength. This is now what we call tabernacles, When asked of you, Lord, rain in the time of the latter rain, and the Lord will make bright clouds and forth showers to everyone, grass in the field. The ones that hold on, like they did in Leviticus 16, and do not come out of the sanctuary, the holy place, he takes all the priests out of there, and then on that Day of Atonement, only one man goes in within the veil, going to the Day of Atonement, the Kapoor, Well, that's where we are now. We're preparing in this season for the work of the ministry, for the perfecting of the saints. How? In the present truth, that after you receive the word of God, you're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. It's only after you receive the word that you're sealed. Well, there's a ceiling of a newborn baby. That's when you're born again of the water and the spirit. If you haven't been born of the water and the spirit, that is that after you have repented, just as it was in the book of Acts, the 19th chapter, they're good fundamentalists. They were uh, brethren and believers that had repented, but they weren't in the present truth. What did they do? Well, God got the word to them. If you have a willing heart, God's going to get the word to you. Ask and be given you. Seeking will find. Knocking to be open to you. The opportunity. Keep knocking. Keep asking. Keep seeking. God will. And that's exactly what happened to them. And there in that present truth, they, after they repented, they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and they received the Holy Ghost. There, but Paul tells us and warns us there in that same uh, chapter in Acts 19 that take heed to yourselves and over all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which He hath purchased with His own blood. Immediately after my departure, Paul said, "Grievous wolves are going to come in, not sparing the flock." That's where we are today, bringing in perverse things, damnable heresies. That's what Peter called them, Second Peter. Second chapter. And we find the same thing in the epistle of Jude. He said earnestly, contend for that faith that was once delivered to the saints, because there are men that have come in, crept in unawares. And what did they do? Which were ordained to this condemnation. Unholy, ungodly men, turning the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into lasciviousness, denying the only Lord God they claiming there's a trinity not one there's three three persons there's only one person now god through his judgments are moving us back to the true lord god almighty jesus christ him alone the blessed and only Potentate, First timothy 6 15 and 16 who only hath their mortality is not another at that who has entered into that light, Jesus, the man, which no other man could enter into, nor see, nor could see. Jesus is there. The forerunners entered in. He's God Almighty, the Father of glory. And he stated that in John 8:24. 24, except you believe that I am he, the Father of glory, you shall die in your sins. So he said, well, I repented. Well, that's wonderful. That was truth back then, before the cross. What's the truth there after the cross 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost? Come to Pentecostal, you repent and baptize in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water, and you see the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. That was then a Pentecostal. But then you don't stay as a little child or a newborn baby. go to little children. A newborn baby, then your next step is little children. What is that? Well, John in his epistle tells us exactly what it is. He said, I'll write to you, first, John 2, 12 through 14, I'll write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, born of the water and the spirit, and you have known the Father. Have they grown? Well, they know that Jesus is the Father. Now they've grown in revelation from, and having greater light, than from newborn babe, they know that Jesus is the Father of Glory. They're little children. Do we still have to grow? Yes, the children of King David cast out. The hearts of the fathers turn to the children. Children of the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Malachi four, God states that. The restoration of all things, the restitution, restoration of all things, is the reason that Jesus is still in the heavens and must stay there and be there and be received there until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things, all things of faith, all truth, being in the body of Christ. Acts 3, 20 and 21. You'll see that. So what are we in now? The ones that are walking in the light is he's in the light, in the present truth, are the ones that are now not in Pentecostal. They're not just little children. They're young men. What are the young men? Well, that's certainly a leap growing up into Jesus more than a newborn baby or a little children, a child, because they have gone on to add to the faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly, kindness, brotherly, kindness, charity. You'll see that in 2 Peter 1. Now, if these things prevail in you, there'll be no cause or case for falling away as you're established in the present truth now this is the present truth that we have gone far greater than pentecost peter alludes to that in second peter one now he says there that this grace of the lord jesus christ comes to you at the revelation of jesus that's first peter one verse 10 through 12 14 those verses there that that christ there is that whole revelation that Christ in us will lead us and guide us into all truth and all perfection, measure the statue of the fullness of Jesus Christ. The next step that we're in there from little children, knowing that Jesus is the Father, is that of young men. And John states, I write unto you, young men, First John 12 14. I write unto you, young men because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. Now, that's saying a lot. The word of God is strong in you. That means you've searched other scriptures and read. Not one of these things will fail. Those are the things of faith. Search the scriptures in them you think you have eternal life and these are they to testify of me, Jesus said. In the volume of the book, it's written of me. I come to do thy will of God for a body that has prepared me. God prepared himself a body. You'll see it in Isaiah 43, 10. Through 17, thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand I am he. The Lord God, the the eternal spirit of God, is that servant. That you may know believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself, a body of flesh and blood to redeem us that were under the law. Galatians 4, verse 4. Now, where are we now in the present truth? Young men. Those are the overcomers. What do we have to do to be there? We have to receive the word of God. The word of God is strong in us. And we've overcome the wicked one. That means that each individual believer have sought God to to do the individual purpose and will of God for that member in the body of Christ. A member in particular. That means that every measure in part of the body of Christ have been found what the will of God and the purpose for their life is and have obeyed it in overcoming. We find what is essential there in Revelation, the second and the third chapter. Jesus said to each church, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, i know thy works the works that accompany salvation which is not only love god not in word and in tongue but in deed and in truth the works that accompany salvation the faith that with the works uh, that gives glory to our lord jesus in heaven the ones that understand that come to that young man's stature in jesus christ which is uh, a third ceiling, growing up in Him. You have to receive that word of God and an overcomer. Well, how do you do that? Well, Paul states that you find the will of God and do it for your individual life. To do that, we have to understand and know the voice of God. The lambs don't know the voice. My sheep know my voice. Have to be grown up. My sheep know my voice, and stranger they will not follow. When Peter. After he had got those fish, came to the shore. Jesus asked Peter, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs, those little lambs, but they're going to grow. So he asked Peter again, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Well, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Now they've grown. That's the second season. Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Peter being gro- grieved because the Lord asked him the third time. Why? Because there's three different seasons there. That's the reason in the third year, dung about the tree, and if it doesn't bring forth fruit, cut it down. It's in the third day, that third season. I'll raise you up and you'll live in my sight. But follow them to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. He will come to us, to Perusia. As the rain, former and latter rain in the first month. Well, that is the former rain, book of Acts, Pentecost, latter rain, not Pentecost, Tabernacleist. The season of tabernacle. And that's what you and I are called for right now. So how do we do that? We have to know the voice of God. How do we know the voice? Well, you we have to seek God. First, we have to not only be filled with the spirit of God, but get the word in us. It's through the word of God. The word will never fail. Though heaven and earth pass away, yet my word, not one jot or tittle of the word will fail. Well, Paul stated, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. Don't stay little babies. Don't stay little children. Now have the mind of Christ. Crucify the flesh with the affection for the lust. Find the will of God by obedience to his individual voice to you. Be not conformed to this world, Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. We all have different callings, but one's one spirit. We're all of one, but there's only one body. So, we can say that, I can't say the hand, I, I don't have any need of you. The hand, say the foot, I have no need of you. Well, God has fitly framed each part together as it pleased him. It's up to us to find the will of God to do it. And he said, if you seek that word of God, presenting your bodies a living sacrifice, mortifying the deeds of the flesh, those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. Be not conform to this world, but you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Take on the mind of Christ that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. There's only one way to prove that will of God, and that's through the word of God and knowing the voice of God and being obedient to that voice, obedient unto righteousness, unto holiness, Romans 6. Oh, so, there Paul states, work out your own salvation, not plan of salvation, Jesus gave us the way, the truth, and the light. But work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How? For it's God that worketh in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure. Every individual member right now in tabernacle, tabernacle glory, tabernacleist. they are seeking God for the personal will of God to be done in their life, to hear the voice of God and obey it. That's where we are now in present truth its members in particular. Those are the ones that he's perfecting for the work of the ministry. The gospel of the kingdom being preached on all the world for witness in all nations, and then the end will come. That's where we are now. We're not in Pentecost. We're in tabernacles. We're not Pentecostals. We're tabernacleists. Even though there's only a small remnant now, yet it will be, though a child can number him, yet it will be as the forest for the trees in the last day work of the ministry. Very nations will be swept into the kingdom of God through this remnant that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. But will you do it? Will you learn that voice? Will you crucify your flesh with the affection of the lust? Are you simply going to believe a man behind a pulpit that tells you this is your general faith and you simply repented and now have a good time? We're all going to heaven. That's just not so. In Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus told us, that believers in the kingdom of God, what it takes to enter the kingdom of heaven. And in Matthew 5, he says, be you therefore perfect. Perfect means walking in the light as Jesus is in the light, in present truth. And that's not Pentecostal now, it's tabernaculist. There's still three different feasts of the Lord or divine appointments of God with man still yet to be revealed and experienced in the body of Christ. And we are those tabernaculists that are seeking God for his will upon whom the end of the world have come. And specifically, what is that? The overcomers. And there is still another step of glory above that from the young men to that of fathers. But right now, young men, that's where we are now, the overcomers. And we'll see exactly what's required of us in uh, Revelation, the second chapter, and the third chapter. And most are now in the Laodicean-type mind of Christ. They think they're increased with goods. They're clothed, fed, and have need of nothing. And uh, they're eating and drinking and making merry as it was in the days of Noah. Noah until the day that Noah entered into the ark, this time that they it overtook them there. And it will surprise the hypocrite in this last day work of God. That will be a work of judgment. And it's only to reveal who Jesus is. There's not a Trinity, not a Tunis, not a Oneness. That's Jesus only is God Almighty. And that's the whole purpose of the judgments of God, to reveal who he is in his essence, that he is God and always has been God. There is the revelation of Jesus Christ. The overcomers in Revelation 2 and 3 will be the ones that are the young men that are, have the word of God strong in them and have overcome the wicked one. These are the ones that will be sealed in Revelation 7 in the apocalyptic ceiling there that are the fathers. One last step. We're breaking this down for those of you that have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying to the churches, because on the 19th of January, 2019, over three years ago, we had a visitation from the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord visited me and said, seal my people by my word. Even as I sent my angel ascending from the East, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. We were flabbergasted knowing that we are the last of the last days and the end of the world come upon us that it is now that God is preparing himself the people of God unto perfection for the work of the ministry that will come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ into a perfect man. And those uh, that we see of uh, young men that we see in the overcomers overcoming the devil, the world and their own flesh in revelation, the second and third chapter. And we find that in the, each, of the various churches that the Lord Jesus says and states in Revelation, I know thy works. And any problem that we're looking at that is uh, hindering us from being fully to the measure of the statue of Jesus where we're lacking is covered in one of those seven churches. Now we have to do is seek God and he will show us. Many say they're Jews and are not by the synagogue of Satan. Well, what is that synagogue of Satan? They say they're Jews. What are Jews? Those are ones that's had the spiritual circumcision of the heart. We say that in Romans 2, 28 and 29. Then there are others there. You've left your first love. It's a mechanical worship. We find that in Ephesus. Smyrna and in in Philadelphia, we find those saying they're Jews and are not. They're not spiritual Jews. They've been never water baptized in the name of Jesus. They've never had the circumcision of the heart in the spirit. And that is the Jew that is one inwardly. Romans 2, 28 and 29. So that's where we are now. For the perfecting of the saints of God, we find that in Sardis. He said, I have not found your works perfect. And it's like he said to the church at Ephesus. Repent and do your first works over. Do these works. Somebody said, we don't need works. Yes, you do. Repent and do your first works over. If you don't, Jesus said, I'll come and remove your candlestick out of its place. Your light. Except you repent. In other words, get back in the flow of the Spirit of God in present truth. Now, this is an admonishing, a warning to us in the body of Christ to get the mind of Christ. And that mind of Christ is that as... Jesus suffered in the flesh. To that, we also were called for the same. To do the will of God, we have to crucify our flesh with affections and lust, work out our own salvation, fear and trembling. God working on us, spoke the will and to do. And when we do that will of God, then He will fitly frame us together and then compact it, seal it, according to the measure of every part, the measure of faith given to every individual. So, where are we now? Find the will of God. Do that that faith that was given to each individual member in the body of Christ and that is an individual calling. Whatever you've been called for, God has dealt to every man, every member in particular, the measure of faith. Whatever he's called you to do, he's enabled you to do it with the measure of faith. The body of Christ must come together. As long as we're dispersed and uh, separating divisions the, and uh, uh, upon every high hill made a pray for every ravenous beast, then nothing will happen. The body of Christ must come together. That's the reason we want you to contact us. Those of you that have uh, an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, contact me. Dennis Beard Ministries, contact me. I would like to meet you. We'll work together. Some of you have called uh, from other states and you say, well, you could be one of the apostles that God is going to use us. Well, I don't know about that, but I do know that God is calling his body to come together now. I do know that without a shadow of a doubt through the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost himself bearing witness with our conscience that we are in this last days and God expects us to come to measure the stature of him and that fullness for that last day gospel of the kingdom be preached to all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. Things are, are not going to get better through governmental perfection. The governments of the world are corrupt no matter where or whatever government is because it's man led. But the only perfect government of God will be Jesus Christ. Now, those that know that, and we pray for the ones in authority. Amen. We want to. That we live a quiet and peaceable life. Of course, we pray for those in authority, but also knowing that that, that is determined will be done. What are we doing now in Tabernacles? We're preparing our priest chambers. Just as Noah prepared an ark for the saving of his soul, the body of Christ now is preparing their priest chambers, those treasures that are put in the priest chambers that we For the saving of our soul, you know, in your patience, possessing your soul. For that indignation that will come from God, enter the people of God, enter into your chambers until that indignation be overpassed. And God said, my anger ends in their destruction, not yours, not the righteous, but the sinners, the wicked. We're preparing that now. It's through the Word of God and the ceiling, which is through the Word of God. So we need you, if you will, and you have a witness of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, that this is the truth, contact me, my phone number. Please leave a message. I'll get back to you. And that is country code plus one, 903 746 Leave a message. I'll get back to you. You can also write me, Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, Code 75606. You can also message me over the website at DennisBeard.org, SailingGodsPeople.org, SailingGodsPeople.com. You can message me at Dennis at DennisBeard.org. There at my email address. Be glad to talk with you. Also, you can join me on the podcast. Download our app, Feeling God's People, for our daily podcast. And also join me on our private website. And that is JCIC.TV, where you register, get a username, password, and you're able to ask questions and give your comments as we break down instructional videos on, not Pentecost, but Tabernacle the Tabernaclist. We also have a newsletter there. Well, we'll look forward to hearing from you. Now, God perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, so we can all be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, Mr. Brother Dennis spirit saying, "Behold, the real Jesus."